Categories, please. Starting off with day one. Good place to start. All about authors. Get hip, H-I-P, those three letters coming up in each correct response. Then we deal with heels, faces, and pro wrestling. Love it. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Spreading like this. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. We're marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite online listening experience in podcast form, and that's this one, and it's marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Thank you very much to everybody for listening and subscribing on your all of your major podcasting applications. And if you do subscribe, leave five stars, read a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Several ways you can find us on social media, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 Twitch. We have a Twitch now, twitch.tv slash out. Thanks to everybody that watched our initial launch of Chris Plays No Mercy on Twitch. Um, I was going to do another one this week, but unfortunately due to um, me being extremely tired, uh, we didn't do that one, but we'll be doing more of them more frequently. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself. Twitch.tv slash out. If you want to email us, email us at markingout1 at gmail.com. And we have merchandise at prowrestlingtees.com slash out. My name's Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Dave, who is on Twitter as well at DaveTheRave underscore MO, will be here for our raw segment of the show but it is another solo chris show or chris show version two uh or v2 whatever you want to call it um because brandon's not here again well you can follow brandon on both uh twitter and instagram at bttg161 uh so it's solo chris show yet again and and what a week it's been in the world huh we have uh, uh, a president-elect, you know, we sp- me and Dave spoke about it last week on the show, that we still don't know what the president are. And we know now that Joseph Biden is projected to be the president-elect in the United States of America. And there's probably people that are listening to the show saying that, all oh, the election's rigged, they're going to recount it, this, that, and the other thing. Whatever you want to believe. But it looks like Joseph R. Biden will be the next president of the United States of America. So... That's one big thing happened, and you know, with the good, there's the bad this week, and it was reported that Alex Trebek, host of Jeopardy, has left us and has descended to the big game show in the sky. Uh, Really bummed, because we watch that show almost every night here in this house. He was the guest host of WrestleMania 7, he did backstage segments, he did the ring announcing for the main event, Uh, and it's, it's a bummer, but... Uh, and rather than do a 10-bell salute for him, because I feel like this year, especially Marking Out, has done so many uh, 10-bell salutes, um, we're just going to show you like the the generational spans of what Alex Trebek means to not just you know, the wrestling, professional wrestling community, but uh, just like life in general. So I asked my kids, hey, guys, you know the Jeopardy song? And they said, yes, we do, Daddy. And here's my kids singing the Jeopardy song. Na 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 na
dun, 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 dun. So as you can see, um, we wish Alex Trebek, uh, his family, everybody who's close with, uh, um, our condolences. It uh, it stinks, and I think that episode of Je- they're saying his last episode of Jeopardy that's going to play on air is going to be on Christmas Day or Christmas Day nighttime. So I'm hoping that's you know that takes the cake for all the ratings that day, because um, I don't think it's Mag. I think it's, Mag- it's Christmas on a Friday. I, I don't know, but. Regardless, that's one. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Markin out. Use, no, all that too, but also Manscaped.com. Use that 20% off and free shipping. Um, myself, you know, it's been it's been another week just kind of grinding at it. That's it. Filmed some lacrosse, did some editing, had some family time, as I spoke about earlier. Twitch.tv slash Markin out. Um, still trying to figure out the whole Twitch thing. I know that I could do, there's ways that I can grow it. I mean, there's ways that I could do this, the stream itself better. So I'm kind of looking into that, and you know I've got a bunch of other uh, spinning a bunch of plates this week. Really stoked about talking Chopper Mania. If you're listening to this, you know before talking Chopper Mania or after talking Chopper Mania too, I'm going to talk about it in full detail last, next week because I'm it's good bad wrestling and all the previews and everything like that I've seen for it looks hilarious. Uh, I'm looking forward to the ball for a ball match. I listened to this week's talking shop. Where Carl Anderson said their editor had to go line by line and subtitle the entire thing, which is so good because I've been in those shoes before. I've had to sit there and listen to things I'm editing and type it out line for line for line, and it stinks. So bravo to that guy. Um, and yeah, so uh, and that's that. And it was a lot of wrestling talk as we have a big pay-per-view Saturday night live from Daly's Place. It was all elite wrestling full gear, stacked, solid show, and you kicked off on the buy-in where you had Serena Deeb pick up the victory for her NWA Women's Championship while she successfully defended it against Allison Kay. Um, This match lived up to uh, my expectations. I thought it was fantastic. It was very, very, very well done. Um, it was a very hard-hitting, very technical match. And you had Serena D pick up the Serenity Lock for the win. Um, then you kicked off the show itself, which I found this I found very interesting. Don Callis joins the announced team for the first match. But he wasn't just Don Callis. He was in the lower third. It said Don Callis, Impact EVP. So that A is a big thing in professional wrestling because you can kind of see these two companies are working side by side, which I liked. Next match, as expected, Kenny Omega picks up the victory over Hangman Page. He wins the finals to the AEW World Eliminator Tournament. This was a fantastic match. Um, you know, kickouts after everything. These guys know each other so well. Uh, but it was Kenny hitting the one-wing angel for the, w- for the win. Extremely physical match. Um, after this, you had Orange Cassidy pick up the victory over John Silver. And you could kind of say this was John Silver's kind of coming out party in AEW because Tony Giovanni was putting him over after this match. He's saying, you know, John Silver, or one of them said, John Silver needs to get away from the Dark Order and he needs to go on a singles run. This match was fun. They back and forth. Johnny looked like a million bucks, but it was Orange Cassidy hitting a big orange punch and then hitting his big finisher for the win next up we have a new 
TNT champion as Darby Allen successfully defeated Cody Rhodes. This, in my opinion, was the match of the evening. This was a very hard-fought back-and-forth match between the two of the guys. You never saw Darby give up, and you kind of saw that, like, you know, Cody was kind of getting frustrated. Cool spots here with, you know, Cody Rhodes when he hit that awesome avalanche crossroads, um, but it was a quick roll-up by Darby Allen to get the win, which shocked everybody. It shocked even Darby Allen. Uh, however, post-match, you have Team Taz come out, Ricky Starks, Taz, beat the ever-living heck out of Darby Allen. Throw him, smash his arm in a car door. Will Hobbs comes out to get the rescue. So it looks like Team Taz is not done with Darby Allen. Uh, between the, these two matches, he had a backstage interview with the Natural Nightmares, QT Marshall, and Dusty Dustin Rhodes, announcing that on Dynamite they'll be facing the Butcher and the Blade in a bunkhouse match. Um, just the name of the match just sounded fun to me, so I was excited, and it lived up to the expectations. And we'll talk about that when we talk about AEW Dynamite. Hikaru Shida picked up the victory over Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero in her corner. I like Nyla. I like Nyla Rose's uh, gear. It was like kind of like Mega Man, I believe. But very cool. The match itself, like I kind of wanted to see Nyla Rose because since she win this, because since she got together with Vicky Guerrero, you know they 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 had they were on TV and then they were off TV for a while and then they came back. And, like, they should have been pushing this. You could get, now that they're having fans back in the arena, you can get so much heat from Vicky Guerrero, and that would have been a great thing to put her, put the championship on Nyla Rose, have Vicky Guerrero doing all the talking, but they have to be planning out something more for the women's title. Because she just had it for a very long time. Maybe they're, you know, waiting for somebody else to come in. I didn't even mention it because I was just kind of going back and forth here. After the NWA Women's Championship match, Thunder Rosa makes a return to AEW and starts pointing to Serena Deep's championship and gets in her face. So maybe we'll see the NWA Championship be defended again and Thunder Rosa be back in an AEW ring. Maybe she doesn't win. Maybe they're building it now to have the NWA title on Serena Deeb. Thunder Rosa win it back. And then at Revolution, I think, is the next big pay-per-view. You have... Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa have their big rematch like uh, from All Out, which I would be a big fan of. After that match, you had the Dream Tag Team Match. Everybody's been waiting for it. And it, I'm, me personally, I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, but Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, are your new AEW Tag Team Champions. Um, this match was everything that you wanted in tag team wrestling. It was outstanding. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like here's the thing that irks me the most. So Matt and Nick Jackson win the ADW championships. They get shirts that say, oh, look at me. We're the AEW champions now. Oh, they get hats. Oh, we're the AEW tag team champions now. No, that, that, that just, it, it just you're trying to build like this tag team. We're going to have the best tag team division ever, but has any other tag team gotten shirts and hats saying that they're now the tag team champions and they won tag team titles? No, it just shows you, hey, guess what? We're big marks for ourselves. Did FTR get that? No. Now now going forward, now you have to set this precedent now that every single tag team needs to get shirts and hats saying that they're the new tag team champions. If not, it just says, oh, hey, guess what? We're the, the executive vice presidents of this company and we get this cool stuff and no one else is going to get it. That's what I didn't like. The match was outstanding. And then, you know, the elite comes out and everybody celebrates. It's great. Next 
Up, you had your cinematic wrestling, where Matt Hardy defeats the Spanish god Sammy Guevara in an elite deletion match. Uh, I love this. This match was a lot of fun. They did it very, very well. You had the monster truck spot in there. You had Gangrel. Gangrel, you know, Matt Hardy's original mentor. You have sure uh, Hurricane Helms in there, too. Um, it was just such a back-and-forth match. And it ended with Matt Hardy swinging a chair on Sammy Guerrero's head and pinning him, putting him in the garbage, and rolling him out of the Dome of Deletion in a pickup truck driven by Senor Benjamin. So that's it. That This should be the big blow-off to this thing now. But, like, now, where do you go Matt Hardy? Is Matt Hardy just going to kind of be your attraction... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Attraction wrestler. You know, he's going to come out and do things. He's going to help out private parties still. We'll see where it goes. And then where do you go with Sammy Guevara from the, from here? It, it kind of kind of showed on Dynamite this week. And we'll talk about that when we get there. Next up, new member of the Inner Circle as MJF defeated Chris Jericho. Um, using a page out of Chris Jericho's book. Throwing, getting the bat thrown in. Aubrey Edwards think that he was that Jericho was about to use the bat. MJF gets the roll up for the win. Afterwards, you know he's a man of his word. He welcomed MJF and Wardlow into the inner circle. So again, I you know I said I want Chris Jericho to win this, but it, this is Chris Jericho just being as great of a human being as he is, putting over all this young talent. Put, he's put over the Darby Allens. He's put over this guy. He put over that guy. He put over the Orange Cassies. Now he's putting putting over MJF in this thing. So they've had a lot of great segments. So far, we'll see now that they're in a stable together what they're going to do on the mic and in the ring. Your main event of the evening, John Moxley, picks up the victory over Eddie Kingston, makes him say, I quit, in what was just a violent slugfest. One thing I didn't like is I think AEW is using thumbtacks entirely way too much. I feel like you see them every other week. But the one thing that I like, and I don't think that you've seen on major wrestling programming on, like, your Raws or your SmackDowns or your AEWs, or even on a, even on a pay-per-view, was the use of the alcohol. You know, they have all these the, uh, cuts and stuff like that and just pouring all it over and making them scream. Uh, anyway, it was John Moxley putting Eddie Kingston in a bulldog choke and using all of his pressure and barbed wire... To make Eddie Kingston say, I quit. However, like, this is still, like, an outstanding, outstanding match. I was a big fan of it. Again, I said I wanted the violence. I wanted the blood. You got it. After the match, Kenny Omega comes out and points to John Moxley's title. Hooray. That's it. So, whoop-de-doo. All in all, solid, awesome full gear. Great, great wrestling. Uh, Maybe one of the better of AEW's pay-per-views. But let's now jump over to AEW Dynamite for this week. You start off with Team Team Taz, FTW Champion Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Taz coming out to the ring, uh, calling out Darby Allen, who's sitting like staying in the rafters again at Daly's place, um, and saying that he has no respect. And then Taz goes on the microphone for the first match as Brian Cage picks up the victory over 
Matt Seidel. Is Matt Seidel, like, is he in AEW now? Is he, I know he was, um, he was at Ring of Honor recently too, but he picks up a nice victory. Uh, Brian Cage picks up a nice victory over Matt Seidel afterwards. Big, uh, you know, Ricky Starks uh, warns that uh, Team Taz's presence will be felt throughout the evening. And it went to the next segment. As the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes comes to the ring, he said he has to congratulate Jarby Allen, and he's he um you know he has two like a couple of losses on his belt and one of those is against MJF. So maybe seeing if he, he can you know face MJF again, maybe try to go for the world title. But then he's cut off by some interesting woman. Uh, her name's Jade Cargill. She talks about oh hey Cody you're the you're the the prince of pro wrestling. Oh yeah, you, you refer to yourself as the giant killer, but you don't know what giants are. Um Oh yeah, and there's a uh, you know there's some giant that's gonna be after you, and he turns around and he's like, oh yeah, and his name's Shaq, and then Brandy Rhodes comes out, gets very heated, uses a bunch of expletive words against this woman. They start getting in each other's face, and then out of nowhere, we I just said it. Ricky Stark said the Team Taz's presence will be known. Team Taz comes in the ring, jumps, uh, jumps Cody Rhodes. Darby Allen sprints down to the ring. He has thumbtacks on his jacket now. Which I, I find, again, I t- told you, AEW, I feel like, is overdoing the thumb t- thumbtack spots. Um, and then Will Hobbs helps to uh, even up the score. Later in the night, they announce it's next week it's going to be uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Stark versus Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen. So, kind of a bridge over to get into the next thing that Darby Allen's going to do with the title. Next up, you had John Moxley backstage with Alex Marvez talking about his weekend talking about full gear and talking about beating Kenny Omega and he said he's going to do it twice. He says he doesn't think anybody has beaten Kenny Omega twice and he's going to do it and it's going to be him. They announced it's going to be John Moxley defending the title against Kenny Omega December 2nd on Dynamite. So I don't know why it's December 2nd. Maybe they know something that we don't know. Maybe NXT is trying to do something that they too so they're trying to rule the ratings in. Um, not too sure but I I see Kenny Omega winning. I really do. I mean, all the all the all the marks and all the DAW like loyalists are going to be like, oh no no, Kenny Omega's got to win it. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. No, they're going to have somebody else do it. I think they, I still think they should have had Eddie Kingston win it, but that's just me. Anyway, uh, next match was uh, my favorite match of the night, and since I'm editing the show, let's put it in right here. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. That's right. Chris's match of the week. You have the night, natural nightmares. Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall pick up the victory over the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny in a bunkhouse match. This was just like a no rules, like slaughterhouse style match. The, the Butcher gets the Butcher. Cut, they, hey, they came. You knew something was up when all these guys came out in all white and left the match covered in blood and dirt. And all this crazy stuff. You had Pepper the the blade get busted open and looked like a bleeding like a stuffed pig. Um, Dustin Rhodes and the Butcher had that great spot with the bulldog off the stage through what it looked. What was that a pile of uh, hay, a haystack or whatever it was? QT Marshall hitting a, a beautiful elbow drop off the the top of a ginormous ladder, um, hitting diamond cutters out of anywhere, but. Again, the end of the match calls where, you know, the blade is about to hit QT Marshall with a chair. He ducks, almost hits the bunny. 
turns around, the bunny gets knocked off the apron through a ladder, and then QT Marshall hits the diamond cutter for the victory. This match was a lot of fun to watch. I was sitting here before we recorded the raw portion of this show because I'm recording things back weird and out of out of, out of context and place and stuff like that. But I just sit there and James like, what's going on? I'm like, I, I'm like, you got to go back and you got to watch this bunkhouse match. Cause it was outstanding. It was so well done. It was fun. Um, and there was so much stuff going on. It, it, this is a very short feud that led to a big blow off. And this is something that I, I'm going to go back and watch this again. I'm not going to watch it while my kids are awake, but I'm going to go back and watch this match again because it was a lot of fun. And Andy Williams coming out looking like a maniac with the double bandanas on. So cool. So cool. Next up, you have a uh, in-ring segment with the Inner Circle introducing MJ and Wardlow. Sammy Guevara kind of uh, absent from this. Uh, It turns out that MJF is reading a poem that he wrote. It was Drake lyrics, which I thought was funny. And MJF surprises all of them saying they're going to Vegas. They got first uh, first class tickets to Vegas, and you're gonna have a cinematic style segment with them going crazy in Vegas next week. So, cool. Alex Marvez interviews the Young Bucks, and you know uh, they're you know they'll eventually have their. So okay, so here's a big thing too, because after the Young Bucks won the tag team titles, FTR has been really like conspicuous by their absence. You know, they said a couple things on Twitter, and they're just they said top guys out. So could that be that, you know, maybe this was just a, a couple of months promo so they can have this dream match and then go do whatever they want? Is FTR, you know, really contracted to AEW? Will be they, they be back in a couple of months? Um, so we'll see where it goes. I don't want FTR going anywhere. I've kind of, not just because they beat up the Young Bucks, I, I, I kind of start, start to become a fan of them now. But anyway, the Young Bucks backstage, you know, they'll get they'll get their... They were, they were interested in fighting uh, top independent tag teams. Uh, so, you know, they had a DM from some tag team called Top Flight. Uh, these new guys, and they're going to challenge them next week. By the way, Top Flight was on uh, Dark recently. So, I mean, they've I guess they've known they've been on their radar. Next up, next week, uh, next you had Sean Spears pick up the victory over Scorpio Sky. This was supposed to be a match last week on Dynamite, but unfortunately, you know, Scorpio Sky may may have been in contact with somebody that had COVID, so they kept him off. Match of the night turns out that uh, Tully Blanchard tries to throw in a slug. Scorpio Sky throws it away. Sean Spears has another one. Blasts him in the face for the three counts. So Sean Spears continuing to be strong on Dynamite. He's got a pretty solid record, too. I don't know it all offhand. My apologies on that. Uh, Alex Marvez, busy guy. On this episode of Dynamite, he was everywhere. He's outside talking to Kenny Omega, talking about his, you know, they announced it. It's uh, December 2nd. He's going to be going for the title. He goes, oh, uh, yeah, okay, last time you faced me was a uh, no rules match. Just that and everything. But, uh, you know, are you ready to face me in a regular wrestling match? So, and I know this is something that Brandon is, you know, particular on. He goes, every John Moxley match is the same. You know, it gets hardcore, this, that, the other thing. So maybe we'll see just a pure wrestling match this time. So, looking forward to that. Next up, you have Ty Conti pick up the victory over Red Velvet. Um, what a good women's match this was. From two... I mean, we've seen Ty Conti in NXT. We've seen Red Velvet. You know, she's kind of now made her alliance with Brandy Rhodes. But this was a solid back-and-forth women's match with Ty Conti. And I like the fact that, you know, Anna Jay was out there helping out 
Ty Conti. She slid in a chair. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm not hitting. I'm not using the chair. And she legitimately picks up a clean win. So that was awesome. At one point in that match, though, I feel like Ty Conti definitely got her bell wrong and she didn't know where she was. And they mentioned it on commentary because I feel like Red Velvet was trying to pull off something. And she just like kind of, you can kinda, I don't want to say sandbagged her, but like kind of fell down. So but Ty Conti picks up the win. Outstanding women's match. Uh, you have, a again, Alex Marvez all over the place. You have the inner circle get all marking out over, uh, not marking out on Twitch, but marking out in general about going to Vegas next week. And Sammy Guevara shows up saying that uh, there was an email saying that he had to go to the beach. And that's why he wasn't there. But MJF's uh, convinced him, uh, hey, listen, there was a second email. I told you to be here. Sammy's getting mad. And uh, MJF says, hey, listen, if you're going to Vegas next week. It's on me. So maybe that's the next feud. You know, maybe they're gonna. T- maybe Sammy's gonna leave the inner circle and become this like big babyface star to feud with MJF. Maybe that's what's gonna go on next for MJF. But because you know, Cody kind of alluded to having another match with MJF, but it doesn't look like they're going that way. You have your main event of the evening. Uh, before that, though, Eddie Kingston comes uh, comes out on the microphone saying he did lose, but. It's not going to stop him from trying to be the world champ. And you have your main event of the evening where Penta L Zero Miedo picks up the victory over his brother, Ray Phoenix. Um, last week on Busted Open, Tony Khan was on. And he said, you know, next week you're going to get this match again. He's like, the first match was so good. We decided that we're going to do it again. And they did. And it was an outstanding lucha match. It was a violent lucha match. And you saw that and commentary really put it over. Um, you know, ripping each other's masks almost clean off, seeing more of the face of both of these guys than you ever have before. And it was Pentagon picking up the victory with a with a three package pile drivers. So, and Eddie Kingston comes out the ring, congratulates Pentagon, and they pushed Ray Phoenix out of the ring. And he said, "You don't have to use the dead weight of your brother." Maybe Eddie Kingston is trying to seed the. Lucha Bros splitting up and him doing his own thing, maybe going for the world title. Maybe he'll be next against, you know, when Kenny Omega wins the title, maybe he'll they'll push Pentagon to go for the world title. And then out of nowhere, on the entranceway, and his music hits, the bastard pack. Pac, whatever you want to call him, is back. He gets in the ring, starts screaming at Eddie Kingston. These guys have a multi-referee pull-apart to end the show. They end the show off saying that next week it is going to be the bastard Pac making his long-awaited return in the ring against the Blade. I'm pumped for this. This is going to be a great match from one guy who we know is outstanding we haven't seen him in the ring and one guy that has been proving his worth to AEW every single week in that being the blade super pumped about that AEW is going to be awesome next week you're going to have a tag team match uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage facing off against Kobe, uh, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allin you're going to have Pac making his return against the blade it's gonna be a lot of fun but not only was there big news on full gear big news on dynamite i didn't even mention it to you they got like a new open they got some new graphics and stuff like that it looked very cool not only that aew has launched aew games 
And we're not just getting one game. We're not just getting two games. We are getting three separate games from AEW. The first first is going to be AEW Elite GM. It's going to be a mobile game. It's going to be launched in 2021. I guess you get to play GM and see how your a thing, uh, see how your uh, roster pans out on that. You're going to get AEW Casino Double or Nothing, which I'm assuming is going to be like a bingo, you know, Texas Hold'em, maybe uh, Brandon's a Candy Crush style game. Then they showed a trailer for what is going to be a No Mercy style gameplay game for AEW that's going to be spearheaded by Ukes and the original creator of No Mercy. They had him on this live stream thing, which I thought was funny. When you have Cody Rhodes, when you have Kenny Omega, when you have Ar- uh, Ref Aubrey, and you have Britt Baker all coming out dressing like Steve Jobs, Brandon thought it was co- was completely cringe, but I thought it was funny. You know, they're trying to recreate like an Apple presentation, but doing it with all these guys. So anyway, big news on next gen and whatever, whatever gen it is now platforms, you're going to have an AEW game that's going to have similar gameplay to that of No Mercy. I freaking love it. Because... A, I've been playing No Mercy a lot. Twitch.tv slash out. Go check it out. Um, and also, and I feel, and I, I, I've, I said it to Brandon too this week. Um, the controls now for like all these new wrestling games are so involved. You don't need 18 million moves. Like the Nintendo controller is amazing. And I'm having so much fun. And actually I've been uh, kind of teaching uh, my son how to play, uh, play it too. He played this morning. It was outstanding. So stoked about this. Stoked about now options for wrestling video games. Another thing, like I've I've heard people like, oh, it looks like uh, that battleground game, and, and you know, people and people ripped that apart. People ripped it apart because apparently it wasn't good at all, from what I've heard. Um, so that's that. Stoked about that. Stoked about more wrestling games. We still have this retro media game. That's been allegedly coming out all year long, but, you know, every update they say, oh, it's coming soon, it's coming soon, it's coming soon, and then 2024, like, oh, hey, guess what, it's finally here, (laughs) and half these guys don't wrestle anymore, so stoked about more wrestling games, stoked about video games, and let's uh, keep going on on the professional wrestling boat, and let's go to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling has another Impact exclusive event this Saturday. It's going to be Turning Point. Um, it's on the 14th. Yeah, so that's Saturday. But before that, we got to talk about Impact Wrestling from this week. Uh, you started off the show with women's tag team action. Next week, they're saying will be the start to the women's tag team tournament. But Tennille Dashwood needs a partner. And this week, her partner is the returning to action Madison Rain who unfortunately were not successful in picking up a victory over Havoc and Nevaeh. Um, it was cool to see Madison Rain in the ring again, but it was Havoc picking up a Tombstone Piledriver to get the three. The Good Brothers will be facing off against the North for the tag team titles, but uh, this week it's going to be Carl Anderson versus Josh Alexander. Uh, the Good Brothers cut a promo after this, making fun of the Karate Man, and Ethan Page comes and slaps Carl uh, Anderson in the face. Tommy Dreamer is still under investigation. Well, he's doing the investigating to find out who shot Johnny Bravo. And 
and he's looking for all the suspects. He tries to conduct lie detector tests. He's doing all this stuff. Um, the next suspect would be Cody Diener. He was bitter because he lost Johnny to Johnny Swinger last week. And Dreamer's thinking that he recalls uh, Diener uttering the words, I want to kill that guy. But, you know, Cody Diener denies any of those allegations. Uh, this match was set up last week. You had Rohit Raju pick up the victory over TJP for the X Division Championship. TJP can now no longer challenge for the X Division title as long as Rohit Raju is champion. Uh, it was a back-and-forth match, which then Rohit connects with a low blow behind the referee's back. So keeping him being that seedy, sneaky heel and picking up uh, victory over TJP. So now who's next in line for the X Division title? We don't know that. You have the Rascals cutting one of their Treehouse-style backstage promos saying that apparently they've been evicted from the Treehouse. And, they're not gonna, and they haven't been paying their rent. Uh, they announced that next week they're going to be leaving Impact Wrestling. And now the Sheets have been picking this up a lot, saying that uh, it is true that both Impact and the Rascals are amicably split ways, and they're not going to be going. Uh, they're not going to be on Impact Wrestling anymore, which stinks to me. I think they had a really fun promo. They had a really fun gimmick. They had a lot of great chemistry together, and they really kind of played into their role, which was awesome. Um, do I want to see them in WWE? No, I don't. Do I want to see them in AEW? I feel like their tag team division's a little bit too overstacked right now. So, Lord only knows where they're going to go. I Wherever they do go, I hope they do spectacular because the sky is the limit. You have Chris Sabin defeat AC Romero with Larry D. This match was set up last week. Um, Chris Sabin really worked uh, his hard to try to be, you know take on not just AC Romero, but also Larry D. You have Saban finish the match. He gets the big man off his feet with a series of running kicks for the win. And afterwards, Larry D attacks Chris Saban. And AC Romero joins, and these two both beat up Chris Saban. You have Eddie Edwards defeat Chris Bay. Chris Bay has been you know, getting a lot of uh, attention recently. We talked about him going to the Super J Cup. It was Eddie avoiding a springboard a spring board cutter by Chris Bay, uh, to get Chris Bay in a pitting predicament for the win. But then post-match, Chris Bay grabs a chair, um, and Sammy Callahan comes in. Sammy Callahan attacks Eddie Edwards with a baseball bat until Rich Swan makes the save. Those two guys will be facing off at turning point. And then Ken Shamrock comes in to uh, stack up the odds. Uh, Sammy Callahan, though, tries to end Rich Swan's career until the Rascals hit the ring. Uh, backstage afterwards, you know, the Rich Swan was really appreciative of the map words, but he said, you know, next week, let's have a tag match. How about Trey Miguel is Rich Swan's partner and he faces off against Trey and Dez and they're all up for it. So this is going to be a fun high flying match next week on impact. I'm pumped for this one. Next up, you had Deanna Perrazzo backstage talking about her no DQ match with Sue Young coming up at turning point. Um, Deanna Prasa saying this is uncharted territory for her as she's never been in a no DQ match. And I don't know where Kimberly disappears from the set. The virtuosa searches for her and she's met with, it looks like Kimberly was beaten up and attacked by Sue Young. And D- and Sue Young has a, a message for her coming up at their match again at turning points. You have Brindo Scum picking up the victory over Falaba and Crazy Steve. 
You have Adam Thornstow connect with a top rope double foot stop on follow to get the win. So more great tag team action happening here. You have Chris Saban cutting a backstage promo saying that he wants to face off against Triple XL this weekend at Turning Point, and he's got a tag team partner. And not just any tag team partner. Not his tag team partner, Alex Shelley. By the way, we wish him a speedy recovery. It is the Cowboy James Storm. So you can kind of say two Impact Originals or TNA Originals facing off against Triple XL this weekend at Turning Point. You have a backstage segment with Willie Mack saying he's still cleared to wrestle Moose this weekend at Turning Point, even if he does have a bruised larynx. However, Moose tries to get the upper hand on him, and Willie Mack sees it, and they brawl. It, you know, uh, hyping up, you could, as I like to say, a blood feud going on for, um, going on to Turning Point this weekend. Uh, and your main event of the evening is you have Carl Anderson picking up the victory over Josh Alexander in what was a back and forth match. And Carl Anderson is just so good. He's just so good. And it's good to see him in an in-ring singles role. Now, you've seen, you know, he's gotten two solid matches going on here in Impact. And, you know, again, making this feud with the North a little bit more personal. You have Ethan Page uh, putting out some hilarious new uh, merch. If you go to playedbyjulian.com, you can see his uh, great new uh, Slap Chump shirt. And then Doc Gallows uh, responding with his own shirt called uh, Kick Whatever It Is. But this will uh, all, all culminate on the Impact Plus app this Saturday. It's going to be Turning Point 2020. You have Rohit Raju. Uh, um, should I do predictions? I'll do predictions. Rohit Raju facing off against a to be decided in an open challenge for the exhibition championship match regardless of who is it is i think rohit's gonna win the title you have triple xl facing off against chris saban and james storm in a tag team match i'm gonna say chris saban and james storm davari is gonna be facing off against eddie edwards eddie edwards is gonna get the rub here you have Tennille dashwood and jordan grace this time will be facing off against Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. You have the t- women's tag team tournament starts this uh, this week. However, I am going to say Danielle Dashwood and Jordan Grace win this one. The Odd Couple. You know they fought for so long, and now they're gonna you know uh, now they're gonna win some titles and maybe win the Knockouts Championship, tag team championship. Excuse me. Moose is going to be facing off against Willie Mack. I think uh, Moose. He's going to make a slow climb right to the Impact World Championship. Brian Myers will be facing off against Swaggle. Brian Myers is going to win this one. The North will be defending their Impact World Tag Team Championships against the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, with the big weekend that Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson have in Talkin' Shop Mania. And this, I say the Good Brothers win the Impact World Championships because that's what they're here for. Sue Young will be defending her championship against Deanna Perrazzo. Um, I want to say that the Virtuosa is going to show a side of her that we have not seen before. And I'm going to say Deanna Peraza wins back the Knockouts Championship, which I know a lot of people will be mad at. They're going to have two short championship reigns. And Rich Swan will be defending his Impact uh, World Championship against Sammy Callahan. I'm going to say that Rich Swan is going to keep his title. So that is Impact Wrestling for this week. We'll talk about... Uh, the fallout from Turning Point. And also, we got to talk about Taka Chapa Mania 2 next week, which is going to be awesome. But by the time you listen to it, it's over. But I'll probably watch it five more times. So let's take a stop from the 
professional wrestling talk. And let's go to some words from our friends at Manscaped. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS that's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. It's been so great having Manscaped aboard. And go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping. Um, I say it every week. Manscaped products are now a part of my everyday life. You know, I use the lawnmower 3.0 once a week. You know, keeping, uh, keeping the boys downstairs nice and fresh. The crop preserver is outstanding. So, you know, we've had a couple of warmer days here. In beginning of November, so midday, I'll go into my bathroom, I'll get the crop reviver, a couple spritzes there, boom, good to go. So you do the same. Go to manscaped.com, use the coupon code REGARDLESS, and save 20% off and free shipping. And you know what all the men in my family are getting in their stocking this year? Crop mops. That's right, they're getting ball wipes in their stockings. And you could do that for your family too, or maybe the man in your life. So go to manscaped.com, again, use the coupon code REGARDLESS, and save 20% off and free shipping. And to join me for Monday Night Raw and to kick off the sports entertainment talk of the show, we got Dave. Dave, hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on, good brother? Nothing. Speaking of good brother, uh, I I definitely watched Talkin' Chop Mania 2 last night, since this will be get. No, this gets released. So, this will get released at like 
late Friday night, so I'll be watching Talk and Shop Media 2 while this episode gets released. Um, pretty stoked about it, but let's talk about some things I'm not stoked about, and it's Monday Night Raw. Mm, Monday Night Nitro. There we go. Um, same zany promo. Starts off the beginning of Monday Night Raw. You have a Miz TV kickoff. Their guest is supposed to be the New Day, but then Randy Orton comes out. Um, Randy Orton, you know, makes fun of John Morrison for leaving and saying that he packed his bags up and went to the minor leagues. Then the New Day comes out. Then Drew McIntyre gets out. This all kind of just sets up your main event. That's Drew McIntyre and the New Day versus the Miz, John Morrison, and Randy Orton. What are your thoughts? You know, you need an opener like this, and it stinks. But you know, I think that it's the it's the bigger storyline, so it does have to open up Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So it sets up the rest of the night. Sets up the rest of the night. Um, and your first match of the night is Riddle securing a spot on Team Raw for Survivor Series, beating Elias and Jeff Hardy. You have, I liked Elias' promo before this, where he's like, I'm going to start playing. I'm really definitely going to start playing. (laughs) And, you know, waiting for Jeff Hardy to come out. But I didn't like this match at all. I thought this match was really sloppy. I thought it was just, like, all over the place. Um, I thought, you know, the beginning where everyone's trying to get a quick pinfall, these guys are, like, getting all, like, botched up all over the place. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to see that Matt Riddle, Riddle, whatever you want to call him, is part of Team Raw. I'm totally on board as well. I'm very happy that Riddle is on Team Raw. And I, yeah, I'm all for it. And backstage, you saw AJ Styles was happy about this. Uh, Sheamus isn't happy about this. So there's a little dissension going on on Team Raw. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, next up, you have Retribution cutting a promo, saying Mustafa Ali is going to face Ricochet, saying he's an honorable man, uh, but uh, he made a conscious decision to stand alone after the Hurt Business. And then Reckoning gets on uh, the mic and gets a little mic work too there. So maybe now we talked about how they spend all this time building up Retribution to knock him back down, to put him back up again. So maybe now here's where the descent back up to greatness of retribution is going to be i'm i'm very happy to hear reckoning getting some mic time especially because we've been speaking about her here and there about how they haven't been utilizing me yim to her potential and we know what she's capable all of these wrestlers we know what they're capable of so to see her getting on the mic and everything i really think that this could go somewhere and i think this also falls in part of the storyline wise uh Mustafa Ali had that interview where is it Mustafa it. now or is it Mustafa? Mustafa. I, okay, because I feel like they called him Mustafa. They did call yeah. him Mustafa. And, okay. Yeah, I wasn't so, just hearing that. Uh, no, no. I think le- it was last week he corrected everyone, saying that he wants everybody to know his name. That now, like for the past years, they've been saying his name wrong and everything like that, and it's Mustafa. And then he had that interview where he was asked about the names in the mass of these other wrestlers. And I love that he actually said who they were. He actually said that it was Dijak and that it was Shane Thorne. And he said that these are the people that that were written off by WWE. These are people with where um, who, uh, Mace, how he was put through the commentator. He was doing great on commentating. And then he was put through a table by Brock Lesnar. And then that was it. Mia Yim was on NXT doing was really hot and then was taken out of that uh, takeover match. And then you didn't hear from her again. So there's this backstory to it all about remembering these people in, and I thought it was an awesome explanation. 
Nice. Uh, we have a new 24-7 champion as R-Truth pinned Drew Gulak backstage because Drew Gulak wanted to be a part of the Hurt Business. Um, and they said no. They beat him down. R-Truth comes in and wins the 24-7 championship. So Yeah, he got hurt. That's it. Uh, next up, you have Shayna Baszler picking up with a victory over Lana. Afterwards, Lana goes through another table. Yeah, I mean, you even had uh, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose try to stop this from taking place, and it just didn't work. I, It's building up to that underdog victory by Lana, like by that sole survivor victory. But the thing is, I still – I said it last week. I still don't think it's going to get over with fans. Lana doesn't have that that grip with the fans where people are going to see her as the sole survivor, and then everybody's on board with her. Yeah, no, I, I understand fully. Um, and again, and as I said last week too, if fans were in attendance, I think this would get over a little bit more, or yeah, it would possible. get or it would get booed out of the building. Yeah, I see it. You had uh, a team meeting for Team Raw. AJ Styles comes out, brings out the entire team, but it then just turns into a tag team match in Teddy Long fashion, as Keith Lee and Riddle, Riddle's second match of the evening, pick up the victory over Sheamus and Braun Strowman. So, you know, it turns out at the end of the match, you have Sheamus hitting Braun Strowman with a running knee, and, and Riddle capitalizes and rolls up Sheamus for the victory. So, dissension within Team SmackDown. Maybe we'll see Team Seam Raw. Um, apparently, YouTube's not working right now. That's mm-hmm. Rachel's uh, showing me in the background. <laughs> yes, I, so I couldn't even watch any of these WWE videos on the, on the network. Aww. You have, you know, I think me, me and you could collectively say our favorite thing about Monday Night Raw is this Alexa Bliss and The Fiend thing. You have a backstage segment with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Nikki, uh, Alexa Bliss looking like Chucky. Or what was his wife's name? Oh, I don't remember. Regardless, use that coupon code to save 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com. Uh, she's like pulling flowers, petals out. He loves me, he loves me not. Nikki <laughs> Cross tells him, you know, you got to decide. Who's it going to be? And Alexa Bliss chooses him. And so, I I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was good. She, I, somebody, I was reading something somewhere, and somebody was saying, like, Alexa Bliss is kind of using this to maybe spearhead her acting career. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? I could totally see that. You know, I believe that this is a great. I know when this first happened, there was a lot of um, disappointment by it, but I thought it was a great thing because this is something that Alexa Bliss hasn't really done. She's usually been that straight up heel or that huge baby face. She's never had a point to really play with her character and be something kind of abstractish. Yes. And and this character that she's able to portray right now really shows what she has. And I'm sure she's having a lot of fun with uh, portraying this character. And, yeah, I could definitely see this being a really great way for her to get into showbiz. She already isn't showbiz, brother. She's on the biggest stage of them all. <laughs> well played. Anyway, next up, you have Bobby Lashley defeat Titus O'Neil for the Universal title. You know, Bobby Lashley makes his way out to the ring before this, saying how he's going to, you know, beat up Sami Zayn. And then Titus uh, and the rest of the Hurt Business is going to beat up Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods next week. Titus comes out and says he felt disrespected, and it was a straight-up squash, bro. Yeah, not really much to say about this one, you know. I It stinks for Titus O'Neil, but, yeah, straight-up squash. Yeah. 
next up, you have Asuka defeat Nia Jax via disqualification. This goes to a backstage segment. Um, you know, uh, a backstage segment before this. Um, but it's a uh, Shada Baszler breaks up a Asuka lock, which causes a disqualification, which I feel is silly. I I think so silly, maybe, but it also shows that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are still not seeing eye to eye. You know, you they still have a little bit of tension of that, like, I'm the stronger one of the two of us. So it still shows a little bit of that little tension that they have where it doesn't make sense with... But, on the other hand, it does prevent her from potentially choking being choked out or tapping out to Asuka who is one of the top wrestlers too she is the, she's the number one wrestler she's facing Sasha Banks at Survivor Series yeah exactly but after this a big post match brawl drags out Nia Jax tells Lana she doesn't belong on Team Raw and tells her to quit and she leaves so again really trying to push Lana to get her over again I don't see it happening you know, it's. I guess we're gonna find out very shortly. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. What? Uh, next up, Dave. Next up, we are going to speak about SmackDown. <laughs> no, because we're still talking about Raw. I'll cut all this out. It's fine. What's next? <laughs> uh, next up, you have R Truth versus Akira Tozawa, Drew Gulak, Lindsay Dorado, Tucker, Graham Metallic, and Eric for the 24 7 championship. Tozawa wins the title. Then Eric wins the title. <laughs> then Gulak wins the title. Then Tucker wins the title. First championship for him in the w- WWE. Then Gulak rolls up Tucker. Then Tucker rolls up Gulak. He celebrates and gets hit with a lie detector from Truth because this is a whole backstage kind of segment type thing. Uh, Truth then grabs Gulak. Eric takes advantage of the need of Truth. Uh, Dorado rolls up Metallic. Total bedlam. Craziness. Wild. So. I I thought it was pretty funny that every single person that was involved in this actually got to win the championship at some point. Yeah, so now they're all in the record books. Yeah, and I, I love it because I was telling Brandon on the show that our children and our children's children when they look back on WWE history, they're going to see R-Truth with this insane number next to a championship reign, and they're going to think like he's Bruno Sammartino. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. And then they're going to realize that this is a joke title. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> you have Mustafa Ali pick up the victory over Ricochet. Two guys that can totally go, and they did that in this match. So bravo to them. Tremendous match. This maybe it was the, the the match of the night. And you have Ali hitting this new like short arm scissor submission to get the victory. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Very cool. I I'm always I'm a big fan of the both of these wrestlers, so to see the both of them go at it, it was awesome. And then that you had that top rope backstabber slash monkey flip, depending on what, what you look at it. Yeah. Um Mustafa to Ricochet. It was just a fun match to watch, and very. I feel like as a fan, I just didn't want to stop watching it. Yeah, I know because you don't get the the indie riffic matches like that that much mm-hmm. on yeah. WWE programming. Um, and then your main event of the evening saw Drew McIntyre and the 
No. New day. Okay, and the new day. Pick up the victory over Randy Orton, The Miz, and John Morrison. Uh, Drew McIntyre had a lot of chemistry with the new day here. Um, I have to. I loved the new day's attire and tights. I don't know if you meant if you took a deeper look into it, Dave. I did not. They posted on their social, so they did like a schoolhouse rocks type thing, Mm -hmm. but they did it with all you know very uh, influential African American leaders on there, and they did and they did them in all like the schoolhouse rock style cartooniness to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Newsday is spreading the message of positivity and also equality in this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but your main event saw Morrison go for a kick, and then you uh, he gets hit with the Glasgow kick and the Claymore for three. You can't have Randy Morton get pinned here. You can't no. have the Miz get pinned here since he has the money in the bank briefcase. Kind of stinks that John Morrison uh, is in this role, but yeah, but unfortunately, understandable that he is. Yeah. You know? Wasn't there supposed to be like a moment of bliss segment on Raw, if I'm not mistaken? I don't recall. I don't remember either, unfortunately. Nah. Um But yeah, that was uh, Monday Night Raw. Dave, thanks so much for helping me out with this. Yeah, thanks for, uh, for recording, and it's always a pleasure. All right, now I will go on to NXT stuff. NXT kicked off this week with Johnny Gargano, the new North American champion in the ring. Um, he's got this wheel, and he debuts the Wheel of Challenges. Like, who's going to challenge Johnny Gargano this week for the North American title? And it conveniently lands on Leon Ruff. Uh, newcomer in NXT, he recently signed to WWE's developmental system. Um, and that match kicks off the show. But we have a new North American champion in Leon Ruff, uh, picking up the victory with a sick crucifix driver over Johnny Gargano. You can kind of say to the help of Damian Priest, because Damian Priest walked out to, you know, was kind of like standing there at ringside, like, oh, hey, what's up, Johnny Gargano, and kind of told him to get out of there. As I said, picks up the crucifix driver, gets the win. The belt doesn't even freaking fit on him. How hilarious is that? But I'm Brandon, I know, is not happy about this because he doesn't like short title reigns for champions. But this works into the storyline right now. Like, let's say, because afterwards you saw, you know, Damian Priest helped Leon Ruff celebrate. But then Johnny Gargano, the whole show, just throws a fit. Tries to get to William Regal. You know, says that it needs to be reversed. He tells him no because it was his decision. So maybe this will keep this Damian Priest-Johnny um, Gargano feud kind of continuing on where eventually maybe it might be a triple threat match and Leon Ruff gets the pin over Johnny Gargano again. Next up, you have the Cruiserweight Championship on the line as Santos Escobar picks up the victory over Jake Atlas. Great Cruiserweight action here. I like the fact that Mendoza and Wild got kicked out, Um, but it was the uh, double hook, uh, underhook, Face buster that Escobar hits for the win. So solid cruiserweight action here. And definitely a good title on NXT uh, to have, which is awesome. And it, and I thought NXT was a great, great show this week. Uh, next up, it was supposed to be Raquel Gonzalez versus Zia Lee. However, as Raquel Gonzalez is waiting in the ring, Boa comes out and apologizes and says that Zia Lee is not here. You know, she. this isn't going to be a match tonight. Raquel Gonzalez then looks like, uh, you know, a dominant 
you know, heel that she is, beats up Boa, and then the lights go out. It, 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 this was, like, weird to me. So the lights go out, this dragon appears, and then this older Asian gentleman walks out, um, gives Boa a note, and then writes something on his hands, and then Boa's just like, oh my god, what's going on? I think it dragged out a little bit too far for me. Because, I don't know, he's just like, they, he just sat there dejected the entire time. The entire time. He's just like, what, 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 what's going on? And they kind of held it too long. I think they should have, like, cut it earlier or something like that. But, anyway, let's continue on with the show. Next up, you had Tony, Candice LeRae picking up the victory over Tony Storm. Outstanding women's match here. Um... But it was Candice LeRae picking up the victory. Uh, after the match, Tony Storm's pissed, tries to beat up Candice LeRae, and this masked ghoul figure comes and attacks Tony Storm. She then reveals her mask, and as I said last week, uh, I got her name wrong, unfortunately, but it's Indy Hartwell, uh, is now that, you know, the friends of Candice LeRae that helped her out at uh, Halloween Havoc. Next week, we'll kind of get the motives of Indy Hartwell here and see what she, uh, you know, going forward, what's going to happen. But you know, going back to Candice LeRae, you know, last week she runs over Shotzi Blackheart's tank. Shotzi Blackheart had a, a promo earlier in the night saying, you know, how dare you do that to me? That tank is just more than me g- driving this thing down to the ring. You know, it, I have a lot of family in the military. This is who I am. So... Now you can maybe maybe next you'll see Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae face off against Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart. Next match up, you have Timothy Thatcher pick up the victory of, over Dexter Loomis. Um, this started from a backstage promo where Austin Gray was getting interviewed about what happened last week. That Timothy Thatcher comes, beats him up, and then throws. Austin Gray into a picture that Dexter Loomis was working on backstage and calls it that it's not art. So these guys had a match. It was to the help of Cameron Grimes, who runs ringside, makes it conf- makes it you know some sort of confusion, and helps uh, Timothy Thatcher roll up Dexter Loomis for the win. Afterwards, Cameron Grimes comes and attacks Dexter Loomis and throws uh, a burlap sack over his face, and said, you know, he can't see him. He can't see him anymore. And uh, and and that's that. So their feud's going to be continu- continuing after that. A Halloween House of Horrors match they had at Halloween Havoc. Yeah, I have a backstage promo with Tommaso Ciampa saying, uh, you know, everybody at NXT thinks they're tough, but it's time to change that, and Ciampa's going to change that. You also have a video package for Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley for the women's title, kind of showing Rhea Ripley is supposed to go into WrestleMania to face uh, Charlotte. She does, she loses, and she's, uh, you know, going to get that, uh, try to get that title back because she deserves it. Um... I think that match is next week. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, your main event of the evening sees Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan successfully defend their NXT Tag Team Championships against Breezango. You had before the night, Pac McAfee come out and say Pete Dunn is a beast for what he did to Killian Dane. Um, he says, you know, McAfee says the IWC doesn't deserve to watch Pete Dunn wrestle tonight. Or doesn't deserve to watch any of his guys wrestle tonight. But he's going to sit at the commentary booth while their boy, his boys dominate in the ring. And they did. I liked the back, the out-of-the-ring out brawl that they had. 
before the match even started. You had interferences all over the place. You had Pat McAfee try to, you know, keep the referee away while they were trying to do some dirty heel moves. You have Drake Maverick come out and kick, I think it was Danny Birch off the top rope, top kick him right in the back of the head. You have Maverick hit a senton off the apron onto everybody on the outside, but it was Pac McAfee's interference with the, the quick tag that got Birch and Lorkin to hit their finisher on Fandango for the win. But afterwards, huge melee ensues. Drake Maverick still out there, beats people up. Then you have you know, this team, the best four-man group in NXT, as they're calling themselves. Lay waste to everybody. Show over. So I they're building up to a retribution. Uh, not retribution, sorry. Um, undisputed Era. And this faction, some sort of big match, some sort of big blow-off match between them. As I said last week, could it be a War Games match? Because it's getting to that time of the year where War Games was a thing. So maybe they'll do that. Oh, we got to do it inside War Games and just film that match. And maybe do it like pseudo-cinematically in Thunderdome, which I think would be pretty cool. Because you can't do it in the, you can't do it in the Capitol Wrestling Center. Um, yeah, and that's uh, NXT for this week. Unfortunately, this week, I am not going to be covering SmackDown because Talking Shop Mania 2 is on, and I want to watch the pre-show. Uh, I watched the pre-show, and I watched the event, and it was probably amazing, and I'll talk about it in full detail next week. Hey, Brandon, who are you shouting out? Damn it, Bobby. How many times do I have to tell you to listen to Brandon's shout-outs? The first shout-out goes to Fireplaces. I know that's a super random one, but I like the smell of a real fire burning. So I enjoy this colder weather because a lot of my neighbors have wood-burning fireplaces. I don't. Um, So I like to open my window and just get that scent (laughs) of burning wood. Um, Next shout-out. Uh, four years ago, this coming Monday is the date that I went to see NXT live at the theater at Madison Square Garden. And I, I'm such a fan of NXT, obviously, but I always thought it was so cool that I got to see NXT in such a small venue. I remember marking out big time because Shane McMahon was just there in like the third or fourth row or first row, probably now that I think about it, just chilling there with his kids and, uh, and Pete gas from the mean street posse, just hanging out watching NXT. Um, I think my one, my mate, my one major regret from that event though, is finding out years later that there was a signed event poster that I didn't get to have. I have one for NXT TakeOver 2, 3, 4, um, and then New York. NXT Brooklyn 2, 3, 4. And when I went to ask, I asked the woman about a signed poster, and she said they were going to have them and then ended up not getting them. So if I only had checked during intermission, I probably would have gotten one, but that's my, that'll be my one, like the one that got away, but that event was super cool to go see. That's getting a shout out. And the last shout out, because WWE is celebrating 30 years of the undertaker. 
Another Undertaker match that I got to see live was Jericho versus D-Generation X versus Undertaker and John Cena from Monday Night Raw in 2009 at Madison Square Garden. Coincidentally, it's the same date as that last uh, shout-out, the NXT event that I gave uh, before, just a different year. Uh, It was super random, I think for me at least, that John Cena teamed up with Undertaker, but and they won the match, but they teamed up. It was the go home to survivor series where undertaker was going to be defending the world heavyweight championship against big show and Chris Jericho. And then Shawn Michaels and triple H were facing John Cena for the WWE championship. So it was, it was cool to be there at, uh, at Monday night raw for that. That was also the Monday night, the Monday night raw where, uh, Roddy Piper was supposed to face Vince McMahon, but then Randy Orton came out and, and, that led to the Kofi Kingston brawl, but we're focusing on Undertaker here. So shout out to that match. And uh, those are my shout outs. Riveting shout outs, as always, from Brandon. And now it's time for it. Our Mark out moment of the week. I marked out super hard during the elite deletion for Gangrel because I feel like in the past year we've seen him more than we than we have seen him in a plethora of years past. Um, and that's the only thing I can I, I marked out for the bunkhouse match, the bunkhouse brawl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it was a heck of a match, and Andy Williams coming out looking menacing with the, the dual bandana combo. So real cool of Andy, and I think that's it. For this week, I'm trying to think. Friday is nothing. No, Saturday is no. That's it. That's it. As I watch a squirrel graciously take a leaf and jump over my back fence, that was marking out episode five ten, the Chris Show version two. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you like this, you know, comment on our, our social media channels: Facebook.com/slash/markingout, Twitter.com/slash/markingout, out, YouTube.com/slash/markingout eleven. Um, and go to Twitch, twitch.tv slash marking out. Uh, I'm trying to do them every Sunday night. I want to do them Wednesday nights too. So, but definitely Sunday nights, you'll have that epic, uh, the match that everybody's been waiting for me and Brandon versus Jim Ross and Ho in no mercy. Uh, so check us out there. Pro wrestling slash marking out. Uh, the black Friday sale will be coming up sooner than later. So definitely scoop some shirts up, email us, marking out one at gmail.com. Make sure you use manscaped.com and use the coupon code regardless and save 20% off and free shipping. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog, Brandon on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161, and Dave on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO. And until next week, when Brandon will be back and I don't have to do an entire show by myself, I wish you the... Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Ah!